Blog Talk Radio. Angeles Millers because Ralph Richardson was a fine actor and you could compare his voice to some of my old versions of A Christmas Carol that I did all by my little self here on blogtalkradio.com this X go into the archives and listen to the old episodes of A Christmas Carol and instead tonight I have a very special treat for you it is Ralph Richardson as Scrooge in this old radio show version of a Christmas Carol. Was doing a classic production from the archives in which Ralph Richardson plays the storyteller and Scrooge with music composed by Christopher Wheel. A Christmas Carol. Say, my dear Scrooge, how are you? No 
no beggars implored him to search either. No children asked him what it was a clock. No man or woman ever once in all his life inspired the way to such a place of Molly was dead to begin with. With cold, bleak, biting weather, the fog kept pouring in at every chink of key. The door in Scrooge's counting house was open. Might keep his eye upon his clock. With a dismal little cell beyond, the sort of tank was copying letters. Scrooge had a very small cold, bleak, biting weather. As he put on his white comforter, tried to warm himself at the candle. Suddenly, the street door opened. The cheerful voice, the voice of Scrooge's nephew, cried, A Merry Christmas, Uncle! Christmas? Ah, Humbug! Christmas a Humbug? Oh, you don't mean that, I'm sure, Uncle. I do. Merry Christmas. What reason have you to be merry? What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? A time for finding yourself a year older, not an hour richer. If the idiot goes about with merry Christmas on his lips, if they boiled with his own pudding and made with a steak of honey sweet. Ah, come, Uncle, dine with us tomorrow. Be a damn person. But why? Keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. Why did you get married? Because I fell in love. Because, yes, baby. That good night. Oh, I'm sorry to you, Uncle, with all my heart. But I'll keep my Christmas humor to the last. A Merry Christmas. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year. Good afternoon. His nephew left, only stopping to bestow the greetings of the season on the clerk, who, cold as he was, was warmer than Scrooge, or he returned them. Warmer? There's another fellow, my clerk, who's 15 shillings a week, wife, family, talking about a merry Christmas. Uh, I'm retired, sir. But this, uh, letting Scrooge's nephew out, had let someone else in. That part reminds me of the actor Alec Guinness in one of the Scrooge presentations with Albert Finney. He takes him into the cold, icy cold room and says, This is what you are more familiar with. <laughs> I know I'm a great actress, aren't I? I hope you're enjoying A Christmas Carol starring Ralph Richardson as Scrooge. And don't forget, every Christmas Eve at 11.30 p.m., Christmas Eve, December 24th, on every 24th of December, I do my mysterious Miss X version of A Christmas Carol with me playing all the parts. This year, we have a really special show for you. It's going to be a little bit of me playing the, par- the role, but it's also going to be something else that's traditional for Christmas Eve. So don't forget to tune in right here to Blog Talk Radio Miss X, Christmas Eve at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you are never alone. During the holidays, and my radio, my little mail. People ran about with flaring links, proffering their services to go before horses and carriages and conduct them on their way. The ancient tower of a church, whose gruff old bell was all.
looking slyly down at Scrooge out of a gothic window became invisible and struck the hours and quarters in the clouds. Got some videos up on YouTube of me making Christmas cookies. Hope you're making your Christmas cookies. Right. Louder on my face. Drop the phone now. The Lord Mayor, the stronghold of the mighty mansion house, fifty cooks and butlers to keep Christmas as a Lord Mayor's household should. Christmas, Christmas, my absolute favorite Monday for being drunk and bloodthirsty in the streets, stirred up tomorrow's pudding in his garret while his legal wife and baby sallied out to buy the beef. Ah, I remember saying that line right here on my Christmas Carol show, sallied out to buy the beef. But the first sound of God bless you, merry gentlemen, made nothing new this way, Scrooge seized a ruler with such energy of action that the singer fled in terror, leaving the keyhole to the farm. At length, the hour of shutting up the counting house arrived. With an ill will, Scrooge dismounted from his stool, and the expectant clerk in the tank snuffed his candle out and put on his hat. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose. Cratchit. It's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I was to stop half a crown for it, you'd think yourself ill-used. I'll be bound. It's only once a year, sir. Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier next morning. The clerk promised he would, and Scrooge walked out with a growl. The office was closed in a twinkling, and the clerk, with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist, for he boasted no great coat, went down a slide on Cornhill twenty times in honor of its being Christmas Eve and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could felt to play at Blind Man's Bar. Scrooge took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers and beguiled the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went home to bed. He lived in chambers which had once belonged to his deceased partner. They were a gloomy suite of rooms in a lowering pile of building up a yard. The fog and frost hung about the black old gateway. There was nothing at all particular about the knock on the except that it was always once had a good white winter show for you, and I'm so glad to be able to do so. Christmas Cal saw I still recommend that you watch Scrooge, the Albert Finney's one of my favorites when I was young. All these Christmases through all these years. It was not the mysterious misadventure. It had a dismal light about it, like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. The hair was curiously stirred, as if by a breath or hot air. And though the eyes were wide open, they were motionless. The Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon. It became a knock on the to say that he was not startled, or that his blood was not conscious of a terrible sensation, would be untrue. But he put his hand upon the key, turned it, walked in, and lighted his candle. If you wish to call in and chat about the wonderful 
tale of three ghosts on Christmas Eve night, Christmas Eve Eve, you may do so at dialing 657-383-1357. That's the call in number 3657-383-1357. Both east of the Great Lakes, west of the Great Lakes, north of the Great Lakes, which would be up to Antarctica, south of the Great Lakes. The number to call into the show is 657-383-1357. Unless you're all tucked up and warm listening in the archives under your blanket in front of the fireplace. Bedroom. Lumber room. Nobody under the table. Nobody under the sofa. Nobody under the bed. Nobody in the closet. Nobody in his dressing gown, which was hanging up in a suspicious attitude against the wall. Quite satisfied, he closed his door and locked himself in. Took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap, and sat down before the fire to take his grill. His glance happened to rest upon a bell, a disused bell, that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose now forgotten with a chamber in the highest story of the building. It was with great astonishment and with a strange, inexplicable dread, that as he looked, he saw this bell begin to swing. It swung so softly in the outset that it scarcely made a sound. But soon it rang out loudly, and so did every bell in the house. It ceased as suddenly as they had begun was succeeded by a clanking noise, as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the casks in the cellar, the door of which flew open with a booming sound. Then he heard the noise much louder on the floor's window, then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door, then through the door and into the room. Okay, well, did I miss any callers while I walked away from my screen live here on blogtalkradio.com, Night Owls Radio, taking you up into the midnight hour with a Christmas carol? Ooh, did Marley the ghost have a kerchief and a waistcoat? And was he in gray? Apparently so. Do we have time to interview Santa Claus? Well, hurry up, you're going to miss your plane to the North Pole. She's working up there as an elf. Green, green little outfit as an elf. Are you going up there? Hurry up. Come on. You're going to miss your plane. Oh, to the North Pole. It's so cold out here. So freezing cold. Looking at those red-lit candy canes over there. Oh, too cold to walk down the pathway to get the plane to the North Pole. Are you going to interview Santa? Can you, can you sit down? I can. Do it, then. You don't believe in me. I don't. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. Come back, I tell you. Come back. At this, the spirit raised a frightful cry and shook its chain with such a dismal and appalling noise that Scrooge held on tight to his chair to save himself from falling in a swoon. 
and how much greater was his horror when the handsome jiggy popped the bandage round its head as if it were too warm to wear indoors, its lower jaw dropped down upon its breast. Scrooge fell upon his knees, clasping his hands before his face. Do you believe in me or not? I must, I must. You are petted. Why? I wear the chain I forged in life. Is it pattern strange to you? Jacob, oh, Jacob, Marley, oh, speak comfort to me, Jacob. I have none to give. It comes from other regions, Ebenezer Scrooge. But my time is nearly gone, dear me. Oh, well, but don't be too hard on me, Jacob, pray. I am here to tell you, Ebenezer, that you have yet a chance. <laughs> You're not scared by the ghost of Jacob Marley, apparently. You're over there wrapping your Christmas presents. Wrap your presents. Do your gifts. Make sure you wrap one for Miss X. As you listen live to a Christmas carol starring Ralph Richardson. The specter took its wrapper from the table. Bound it round its head as before, rose, wound its chain over its arm, walked backwards towards the window, which, at every step, raised itself and took, so that when the spectre reached it, it was wide open. Scrooge became sensible of confused noises in the air, incoherent sounds of lamentation and regret, and wailing inexpressibly sorrowful. The spectre, after listening for a moment, Joined in the mournful dirge and floated out upon the bleak, dark night. Desperate in his curiosity, Scrooge ran to the window. Don't have sounds of lamentation. Listen to Night Owl's radio instead. Each one wore chains like Marley's coat. Some were linked together, none were free. Their misery was that they sought to interfere for good in human matters and had lost the power for him. Whether these creatures faded into mist or mist enshrouded them, he could not tell. But they and their spirit voices came. Scrooge, closing the window, examined the door by which the ghost had entered. It was double locked. The bolts were undisturbed. He tried to say, hum, but he stopped at the first syllable. Being from the emotions he had undergone or the fatigues of the day. Talk about the fatigues of the day. Thank you for making it through another year here. Uh, it's the end of another year on Night Owls Radio. And you know what that means? It means we're all getting older and decrepit. No, not decrepit, but uh, maybe a little bit slower. No, no, no. Maybe a little bit faster. Thanks for listening and sharing your life here on Night Owls Radio. For all these years, from your hostess, the mysterious Miss X, may you have a great and happy, happy holidays, golden, golden night. One. Everywhere. Everywhere. Two. Three. Three. Four. Five. Thank you.
can't afford a real Christmas tree. I guess you could buy some of that stuff and pretend that you had a Christmas tree. But then there was the one year where I tried to use some branches falling on the floor and make a tree. Door which opened before them, 
and disclosed a long, bare, melancholy room made bare still by lines of plain deal forms and desks. And one of these, a lonely boy, was reading near a feeble fire. And Scrooge sat down and wept to see his poor, forgotten self. What is the matter? Nothing. I wish was a boy singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something. That's all. The ghost smiled thoughtfully and waving his hand said, Let us see another Christmas. Scrooge's former self grew larger at the words and the room became a little darker and more dirty. The panels shrunk, the windows cracked, fragments of plaster fell out of the ceiling and the naked laths were shown instead. But how all this was brought about Scrooge knew no more than you. He only knew that there he was alone. He was not reading now, but walking up and down the street. Scrooge turned to the ghost and then glanced anxiously towards the door. Fun! Dear, dear brother, I have come to bring you home. Home, son? Yes, home. Father is so much kinder than he used to be. He spoke so gently to me one night that I was not afraid to ask if you might come home. And he said yes and sent me to bring you. <laughs> she clapped her hands and laughed and dragged him in her childish eagerness towards the door. When at last his trunk was tied up on the top of the chaise, they bade the schoolmaster goodbye and drove gaily away the quick wheels dashing the hoar-frost and snow off the dark leaves of the evergreens like spray. She died, but had, I think, children, one child, two, your nephew. Yes. Although they had but that moment left the school behind, they were now in the busy thoroughfares of the city. The shadowy passengers passed and repassed, and shadowy carts and boats battled for the way. The ghost stopped at a certain well. Ooh, I can tell he made it sound a lot more exciting than I did, Ralph Richardson, that is. He did a lot better job at Scrooge. You know what? I was affected today. I was affected because I missed a whole bunch of calls when I walked away. I know that a whole bunch of people were probably calling in for the show. Not. Nah. Do I miss you going around touring in a car? All the Christmas lights in your area? Christmas Eve, Christmas You wouldn't believe how those two fellows went at it. They charged into the street with the shutters, one, two, three, had them up in their places, four, five, six, bothered and pinned them, seven, eight, nine, and came back before you could have got to twelve, panting like racehorses. Clear away. There's nothing they wouldn't have cleared away or couldn't have cleared away with old Fezziwig looking on. It was done in a minute. The floor was swept and watered, the lamps were trimmed, fuel was heaped on the fire, and the warehouse snug and warm and dry and bright as on the fire. In came a fiddler with a music book and went up to the lofty desk and made an orchestra of it and tuned like 50 stomach aches. In came Mrs. Fezziwig, one vast, substantial smile. 
In came the three Miss Heavyweights, beaming and lovable. In came the six young followers whose hearts they broke. In came all the men and women employed in the business. In came the housemaid with her cousin, the baker. In came the cook with her brother's particular friend, the milkman. In came the boy from over the way. In they all came, one after another, some shyly, some boldly, some gracefully, some awkwardly, some pushing, some pushing. In they all came, anyhow and everyhow. There were dances, there were dances, and there was cake, and there was negus, and there was a great piece of cold roast, and there was a great piece of cold water. And there were mince pies. I should have heard it. I hope you had your mince pie. No, they don't eat that. It's really, really gross. And that you had your lights turned out. There's a whole show tonight, because remember, this show can only be heard in the talk. When the clock struck 11, they took their stations, one on either side of the door, and shaking hands with every person in the... turned upon the ghost, and seeing that it looked upon him with a face in which there were fragments of all the faces it had shown him, wrestled with it. It did not resist, but he, overcome by an irresistible drowsiness, had barely time to reel to bed before he sank into a heavy sleep. Awakening in the middle of a prodigiously tough snore, Scrooge had no occasion to be told that the best would get on the stroke of one. But being prepared for almost anything, he was not by any means prepared for nothing. Wow! That was great timing! The end of part one of A Christmas Carol. Anyway, that was the end of part one. Part two, who knows when. You can hear it all when you look up A Christmas Carol. Ralph Richardson. Till next time, happy Hear the creaking of the old wooden door. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.